0: Welcome to Summer Bays, the unofficial Home and Away podcast brought to you by Clara Kavner, where I take a weekly look at the trials and those tribulations of Australia's most beloved surfer town, Summer Bay. Each week, I do a deep dive into the week's events and discuss dilemmas our characters find themselves in, like if you're gaslighting all your friends, do you actually end up just gaslighting yourself or when is the appropriate time to lob the gob? Get ready to feel closer each day to Home and Away. Now before I get started I just want to share a top tip to really enhance your Home and Away viewing and that is no spoilers. Just don't look at what's coming up tomorrow on Home and Away, try not to read the episode descriptions, just try it for a week and see it's a total game changer, I promise. Alrighty, well I want to kick off this week with my beloved Rue, she feels like such an auntie to me at this point. So big week for her. Big steps with her and Owen. So, after dates aplenty, supervising rider or no supervising rider, or John crashing them, or John not crashing them, they get a number of dates under their belt. And one thing leads to another. There they are up in the house on their own. And with the music and the kind of speech to each other, I just knew it was coming. So it's like, enjoy your company. I can be myself with you. But you make me feel nervous, but a good kind of nervous. And then this amazing music. And she lobs the gob. Guru. Go I'm so proud of you. absolutely love it. I love how she's like, I've been throwing myself at you for 24 hours and you barely noticed. Like, come on, Owen, get a clue. And then I love when it like flashes to them later, like post-kiss. And her legs are like draped over his. It just looks so teenage (laughs) I was like Rue you're so in love it's so cute and what was even cuter was Ryder's attempt at being a tough guy and wanting to do the talk and give uh, Owen a bit of a dressing down so anyway it kind of worked it was very cute and I suppose like nephew to uncle you do need to clear the air but when they keep saying they're going upstairs and all this upstairs malarkey like are they going all the way like Rue is acting very frisky So they're just having a roll around or whatever. And then I think they might have been going all the way because of when (laughs) Alf shouted "Stroth" across the caravan park um, at them early in the morning. I kind of feel like they did. And even at breakfast, she's like, oh, we're I'm so tired. Like another coffee, please. We're up all night talking like you're being very sassy with your dad. Go on, Rue, live your life. And um, so I can understand then why, you know, Alf wants to get to know the man that is now seeing her daughter. And Rocky Start, I must say, we he doesn't like fishing. He doesn't like crosswords and he doesn't like boats. And he's like, oh, a seasick surfer, fancy that. It's like, is that possible? Anyway, that kind of little back and forth just really reminded me of the Evan days. So I hope... I just kind of feel like Alpha's is throwing you loads of bones, Owen, and you just were like, no, hate. Oh, I feel sorry for the fishes. Like, making him feel bad for fishing. Oh, crosswords, I'm terrible at them. But anyway, once he got him talking about his kids, that was a bit better, so it ended up going great. So then they're going from like strength to strength, being like, oh, look, this is fate and this is how it feels so right with you. I've known you for so long. So then when he's weird the next day, it's like, oh, my God, just when I thought things were working out. No, slamming the door in Rue's face and this whole back and forth of what does he mean? And I just love how this is continuing on with all these people and they're so like they're in their mature years, but they're acting like such teenagers. And um, so obviously Rue's doubting herself, which sends Ryder down with his big guns to go down to threaten Owen a bit. But in fairness, it did work because so sad to learn that it was his birthday. Like, what a realisation. And then poor Ryder. And like, I hate when Ryder's like, oh, I'm forgetting him already. That's not fair. Like, you didn't share a birthday with him. You, like, ugh, like. The- You're not forgetting him. You talk about him all the time. Like, won't stop playing guitar and stuff. It's like, it's fine. So the tribute lunch was a lovely idea to celebrate him and remember him. But one thing I hated was they were singing one of Evan's songs. One of the lyrics was like, you'll find it where you left it. It's like, what are you talking about? Honestly, what kind of lyrics are those? You'll find it where you left it. That just sounds like instructions or like someone looking for something. It's like, you'll find it where you left it. Oh, anyway. So Mac had a bit of a tumultuous week with the Paradas. So Tana's getting all annoyed at her for living with, with them. Um, he can't be around her. They keep having all these weird moments. Her singing him play the guitar. Him saying like, you're everywhere. You're making it so much harder. So obviously she's going to move out. And I just love when she moves out and then <laughs> and then Tana gets really happy. And it's like cooking all these pancakes and being like, yes, she's gone. Way to make it obvious, bro. And I do think the solution is great, like living with Ziggy, she needs someone out in the farm. It was probably too soon for Mac and Ari to be moving in together. And plus, like, you, like Ari, I don't think, really gets it. Like, Ari's gone to the extreme, being like, I should have fought harder. All disappointed, saying, like, oh, we keep driving those women away. And it's like, you haven't driven anyone away. It's very strange. But, like, why would Mac, a business owner, independent woman, want to live with three boys? Like, it's not like he's given her this, come live with me in this apartment on her own and we can have a fresh start. It's, will you come to live in this frat house, please? I don't understand if Ari gets what he's selling. So, no, it's great for Mac and Ziggy. I love how Ziggy didn't break when Mac was kind of quizzing her about what really went on with Dean, but more on Dean later. But I do love their exchange of house rules and the driving of the Porsche. That's so funny. I wonder how well they will get on going forward, but sure luck, we'll see. But anyway, it doesn't take Ari long to figure out, Vietane, that. The reason why Mac moved out. This then creates this massive rift between Ari and Mac, and I just don't really know where it came. It was kind of like a fight about nothing. I know she like basically ran out of the Prada household, but it kind of just turned into something that it wasn't. I just personally don't care enough about this couple. I find them really cheesy. I find their banter together is just very cringy. And why do they keep going on about this Tane connection? Because nothing's happening, it seems. Because Tanney seems to be dealing with his love for Mac pretty well because he confesses to Ari and then they almost get in a fight over it and then him saying like I wanted her to move out but don't throw away the best things that's ever happened to you and then saying if you want her go get her so that storyline seems to have been dealt with I don't know why we keep getting all these like mystic moments between and like long eye contact between Mac and and Tani. Did you find it a little bit ironic that while pleading with Mac to get her to stay in the house We have Bella not being allowed to move in. (laughs) Ari moved in Mac without asking any of the brothers, just like bulldozed her in and that didn't exactly make her feel too welcome, especially with the whole Tani situation. But I can understand why Ari wants to protect the truce that's there because if the Paradas upset Colby anymore and he eventually does realise that she's moved out, no good will come of it and Bella does have to go. Of course, Bella overhears it and... Ari obviously apologises, but did think it was, it just did not feel right. And you can't have, like, five people living in that little house. Um, it's just too much. A poor uh, poor Dane would be overloaded with couples. Anyway, it just was, I, I feel like this moment had to come along, this whole honesty chat, to force them to get a bit serious or something. So him going away, she has time to think. And Ari is saying to Mac, like, you're either in it or you're not. So, I don't know, like all these BLT moments where he's bringing her sandwiches and wanting her to talk about things like he seems okay. So anyway, it's just, so I don't know, I just feel like Ari can be a bit bullheaded at times or something. I can see why he wants to know where he stands, but at the same time, take your time. I have kind of feel like, okay, grand, Ari, you're, you want to be all in and you want to have a serious girlfriend and everything. But you also have to let things move at their own pace. You kind of thought you'd moved her in, but you're kind of not really taking Mac as a whole person. Like, she owns a Porsche and has, like, all these belongings. She hardly is going to just move into your frat house just because you guys are living together. I don't know, it just doesn't really... I don't think he sees reality for what it actually is. It's just a bit of a dramatic reaction. But anyway, hopefully they'll be all right. Ugh. I know you thought your relationship was going in one way, but you're being a bit dramatic. Speaking of dramatic males, we have Justin. No, he's not that dramatic this, well, this week anyway. So I totally forgot about the AVO. So that's still standing, kind of lingering in the background. And Justin and Leah are awaiting the good news. I'm holding my breath on this one. All week, I was like, why isn't Tory confessing that the, like, the surgery did not go well? But anyway, as... Logistics have it, Justin and Jasmine end up spending a little afternoon together, he tells her he regrets his behaviour and she's like don't worry let's just move forward you're just protecting your family and that's great but then when Jasmine has to mind Grace and then the crying starts and Justin's completely forgotten about the AVO, I thought Leah's reaction, she kind of freaked out. She didn't really listen to Jasmine. She was like, get out of here and treat her like a total criminal. Like, I didn't let her hear her point of view. I thought that was just a bit of an overreaction. And I, I know she just went to protective mode, but Jasmine was just doing them a favor. But when Leah goes, you're just lucky that it was me and not Tori, that just makes me wonder what Tori's reaction would have been. I feel like Tori would have listened to Jasmine more than Leah did. Anyway, I wonder if that'll get lifted soon. And now, as the, I felt a bit sorry for Ziggy this week, I must say. The constant badgering from John, making her blurt out to her to basically the whole surf club. We broke up, I don't know where he is. It is. As I say, it is good that her and Mac are living together and Ziggy did a great job of dodging any Dean questions by saying, like, look, you're a sister. Next topic, please. But then when Willow returns without Dean, get an insight into how Dean is coping with the breakup i.e spiraling as he usually does and with Dean not there it kind of did leave Ziggy open for any run-ins with Colby which were quite strange because now Ziggy so far removed she sees now sees Colby in such a different light while Ziggy is kind of you know wallowing in her sorrows Colby is cozied up in bed having all these case chats with Taylor so then when they do see each other and she's like it's all your fault which pricks up Angelo's ears. So then Angelo's like, wait a minute, Ziggy might know something. I sense the ball starts rolling. So I'm getting a bit sick of Colby not listening to Bella and Willow's like constant pleas for him to stop. Like, it's just, it's getting, I know he thinks he's doing damage control, but he actually doesn't care about anyone. He doesn't care that Dean is gone. He doesn't care that they've broken up. He's just so hyper-focused on this. And meanwhile, kind of falling in love with Taylor. So it's, I don't know, he really lost it this week, Colby, I must say. And it's like, he's still lying about seeing Taylor. And then when he goes up to interrogate Ziggy at the farm, that was a masterclass in gaslighting oh Ziggy, oh Ziggy you didn't know it was his idea to cover it up. I wanted to go and take the blame but he wouldn't have a bar of it. You're giving him a death certificate if you send him off to prison. So manipulative and also not that true. While Dean helped him, I don't think Dean Dean wasn't the one pushing it and he was so discouraging So him, so Colby saying that to Ziggy is very misleading and saying like accessory to murder like that's, tw- that's 20 years. So then Colby jumps from that into the whole photo issue with Bella so she knows that he's lying to her and kind of intimidates Taylor. Then Colby gets really protective over Taylor and comes over to the Pradas like pleads and begs her to delete them he gets really scary grabs the photos and starts talking to Bella about like these photos are going to break up the family. Like it's a lot of gaslighting. It's like yeah but you're being the one to break up the family and he doesn't even realize it and bella said this so many times and then when he starts when he shouted at bella the poor thing when when he said to her like you said you'd be on my side so start acting like you're on my side and stay away from taylor there's serious is it getting a bit desperate i don't know but i just think with all this he's gaslighting everyone in his life basically to do what he wants and manipulate them into into getting what he wants at this rate, you've gaslit so many people. Are you actually gaslighting yourself to a point of delusion where you think that you're going to get away with this? I think he's there. I don't think he's not thinking very clearly and like he's really not himself. And I don't understand this pursuit of Taylor because like deep down, does he know that he's going to get caught? Say when he's arrested and then be like, well, I was sleeping with your wife. Like, is that why he's doing it? Is he trying to punish Angelo because he knows Angelo going to crack the case? If that makes sense? Like do you know what I mean? Like is it kind of a well, you you're sending me to jail and ruining my life, but I've just destroyed your marriage? It's a bit of an eye for an eye. Like there's so many motives he has going on here, and none of them are in any shape or form a good idea. Alrighty, well that about wraps it up for me this week and what a week it was If you like what you hear, I'd love if you could subscribe, rate and or review if you have some time but no pressure If you want to get in touch, you can just email summerbayspodcast at gmail.com and we can have some fan chats (laughs) over there And don't forget about the no spoilers Try just for one week and see See if you like it, see if it adds to your experience So tempting, but it's worth it Honestly it is G'day and I'll talk to you next week